I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words DraftKings podcast. I am joined as ever by Matt Vincenzi. Matt, hello. Hey Tom. Um, I'm really pumped for this PGA Championship, but I think right off the bat, I got to give my little explanation of my betting card this week for those of you who follow me on, on Twitter. Oh dear. The, the, the live bot himself. So last week you came in like <laughs> Michael Kim on the Skype channel. So it's for, for, it's coming to MrLive.com as, as your profile name this week. Yeah, that's what it should be. And you know what? I'll, I don't think a real live bot would even know who Michael Kim was. No. So, <laughs> but all right. So here's my, my quick explanation here. I, I've been looking at the PGA Championship as a place where I think the live players set up best for a couple of reasons. One, and I said this prior to the Masters. And I also said at the Masters, I mean, my picks were Rahm and Cantlay. Reed, obviously, is a live guy, but he was 80 to 1 and came in fourth. So yeah. it was a pretty good pick. But, um, so going into that week, I thought the schedule really favored the guys on the PGA Tour with the way it led up to the Masters. Uh, this, For this event, I think I like the fact the live guys have played three of the last five weeks. Um, Brooks is in form, Cam's in form, DJ's in form, um, or starting to get in form, whereas the PGA guys, PGA guys had a really overloaded schedule, and then most of them have only played once or twice in the last four or five weeks. So, And, you know, and if you look forward to the U.S. Open, Live guys gonna be off for a full month prior to the US Open. I'll have no live guys on my on my US Open card. So that's one factor. The second is in the Northeast, you've had guys like I think DJ and Brooks have been the two best players in the Northeast this decade. And there's there's you can't really debate that. Um and you know, Bryson's been there. Even Reed has had great Northeast success. So and then look at the value of the numbers. I could Rom, Scheffler, and Rory win, sure. Um, but then you get the guys like can't lane Xander 18 to 20. Other than that, I just don't think value is there. Whereas I think Dustin Johnson at 35 to one is just as good a chance to win as Shoffley at 18 to one. Yeah. So I think I think the thing for me with Lip and and what I counted to you, I think when we were kind of talking about it, is like it's not as like it was a surprise that three of them finished in the top five for a lot of people at Augusta. Um, you know, Mickelson and Kepka tied to Reed tied four. It wasn't necessarily a surprise for us in terms of Reed, especially we were quite high on him on this show. I think for them, like they had nothing to work out with Augusta. Like they know he got Augusta really well. Like they they don't need to kind of be prepared for it. I think Phil Mickelson can pull a, a 65 out of his ass at Augusta for the rest of his life. Like he's just that type of player. He's gonna be like a Freddie Couples or whatever. <clears throat> so now they come into Oak Hill where no one really knows what this course is like. So it depends how you look. Like your point about the schedule and the way they've been playing is really important because every knock on kind of the the live tour schedule was like it was too light leading up to a major it was it was too far away it was going to be in australia that was going to really affect them etc sung jm just played in korea like i, I don't mm-hmm. think it's i don't think it's a problem sung jm played in korea i think he probably flew back on sunday night and was here at the same time he would have been if he played in texas but like it it doesn't actually make a difference to me but that's not the people are going to make they played in what Tulsa last week. Like it's it's yeah, a completely different thing. So they've been home for home for two weeks. The only the only knock I think for them is that like as individuals, I think it's bad for the Live Tour product that suddenly DJ turns up the week before a PJ Championship and done he's done nothing else all year. Yeah. Like 
Kepka wins the week before the Masters doesn't. The only thing with Kepka, I think he's bought into it and does play well every week. So he's just trying to gear up the best way possible. Cam Smith played well in Australia, which is what they needed him to do, and he played well again last week. But like the Bryson, just out of the blue, playing well this week. Like it to me, it's not great for their product that suddenly their players have got an interest in in peaking for the majors. So um, it's important for them to do personally because they need to get into these majors going forward, or they're going to run out of exemptions. But like, it's not good for the live product that happens. Completely true, and I mean, even more than you speculating that, it's you know, it's a fact considering in Brooks. I wrote this in my article in his in his interview before the event. He said, "I'm using this week as a as a tune-up for the PGA Championship." He straight yeah. up said it. Yeah. So, and I, and I agree, that's not great for Liv, but I don't care about Liv. I don't care if Liv succeeds. No. So, so that's 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 the confusion that people need to get clear. Like, if I thought you were someone that was just peddling Liv for the sake of peddling Liv, um, and I've had that kind of thrown at me in the past, and I and I understand it. Like some of the the conversations I had at the start, and some of the you know, the podcast I did with PGR, et cetera. Like, I understand that the invoked a reaction, but I think it's always been for us is just looking at the best possible players. And, like, all of a sudden, everyone's looking at Brooks Kepka as a real potential candidate for winning here. And there's not really much to talk about him being live now because all of a sudden he's healthy, he's competed at the last major, and he loves the PGA Championship. He's a legitimate contender. And because he's kind of – everyone's got this, like, oh, he's got – um a little bit of um, I can't remember the kind of phrase they're using, but they want him to. He wants to go back, kind of thing. Everyone's mm-hmm. kind of already forgiving him a little bit. Everyone's going to probably forgive Dustin a little bit because he's been around for so long. Um, and I don't think you can pick and choose. I think you just have to over. You know, they, they went that way or they didn't. Um, I've never cared. So if they come back, then great. Um, so that that's the preamble out of the way. I, I don't necessarily see anything outside of Brooks Kepka and maybe Dustin Johnson as being that important for Liv um but we'll, we'll get into that um let me, let me just last thing i'll say here is last yeah. year last week i watched uh the byron nelson i didn't watch a single shot of live until the playoff because the other event was over so um i'll say it i say it to the people who love live i say to the people who don't bj tour is my number one i some of my favorite golfers went to live and i you know i wasn't mad at them for that that's that's as deep as it goes of, of my I, I, th- I think also though like you like if you're looking at the live final round last week to see how they're playing because mm-hmm. you can't do anything better than, a, than an eye test right just actually seeing them hit the shots and the, there was obviously the, the joke that they pulled away from the, the final round coverage and all that sort of stuff but you know you do want to see what kepka and dj are doing in the final round like it's important to know cameron smith is he actually hitting his tee shots well etc so um I think people are finally going to start watching it or like pay attention to it because they're going to have to as part of their research for each major. Everyone was watching. And, and, and one more thing, I, um, I, people have probably seen me defend Sergio on, on Twitter. Uh, two years before Liv existed, I was talking to you on the show or a year before Liv existed about picking Sergio. It was a running joke that I picked Sergio every week. So yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's not like I'm liking him because I'm Liv. I was no, defending no. him prior to that. You, you've defended Sergio since he came out of the womb probably. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he's a pretty hard guy to defend these days, I must, admit, I must admit. And like between him and Phil Mickelson, they may have destroyed their reputations. Um, but that's a, that's a conversation for another day. Let's come back full circle to the PGA Championship. I'm excited about this one. I actually think this was, I think, the hardest major championship for me to ever pick. And that I can even remember. Like I, I've got majors wrong in the past, but I've always been very, very like, this is who I'm picking. This is why. And that was it. When you've come to, and obviously that worked out well for us, or Augusto worked out well for us at Justin Thomas last year, Cameron Smith, etc. It's worked out well. And I hope it works out well again this week, but I've had to go back and forth an awful lot. Like, 
people will hear who my you know the, my favorite betting pick was and i'll bring him up again in a minute when we talk about the, the top guys here but that pick took me ages to decide mm-hmm. like like i really thought i was going to go to justin thomas i really thought i was going to go uh, one of the, maybe the two guys at the top in the end i didn't and i've got my reasons now but i found like when you've got a course that you've got one really one year of relative course form in terms of being recent enough in 2013 and then you can basically scrap the relevance of that because it's a completely different course you're then viewing this as effectively a new course you've got a lot of players that have like i've skipped a couple of designated events recently to your point that have had kind of like two or three weeks off here or there um you've had people that disappointed in the masters etc like it's been a really hard one to work out i think um so looking forward to chatting up i think we're going to have slightly different opinions which is which is good like like quite often we're quite aligned on things and that's that's healthy but so is so too is opposition so let's dive into it john ram 11-4 scotty scheffler 11-2 roy mcroy 10-7 colin morikawa 10-3 brooks kepka 10-1 i i easily put a line through roy mcroy and colin morikawa yeah, the only thing with that is they're probably going to be the lowest owner of these guys. Definitely are. I mean, Colin just, he's way too expensive. I have no idea why he's priced there. It makes I no think, sense. I think, is it just, I guess it's the major wins, right? Like it's the PJ Championship win in recent enough history and and the Open Championship win. But like, there's nothing about Colin Morikawa that suggests he's going to play well here. Nothing at all. And, you know, maybe we could be wrong and maybe he's a great pivot, but I'm not the type of player. And I know, you know there are type of players, DraftKings player out there who are better than me who would say, um, Whatever he's he's no one's gonna play him. Is it possible that he plays well? Yes, I'm just gonna play him for the leverage factor, and I, I can't do it because I just don't see him playing well. I have to believe, like we we talk about leverage at times, but it's normally leverage of like, oh, I could see him finishing two or three positions lower, and he has the upside to finish higher, so let's put him in because of ownership. I can't leverage to a guy that I don't believe can win the tournament uh, above 10k, and I don't think Colin Morikawa can even finish in the top 10 this week. Um, Roy McIlroy is, I think, fundamentally broken. I said it at the Masters. I didn't think he was playing anywhere near well enough uh, to win the Masters. He missed the cut there, came back at Quail Hollow, played pretty abysmally, abysmally again, skips the heritage in between that, comes and does a presser and says that he's not talking about anything live-related uh, <laughs> for the next time. He, he's broken down. Like, he's worn down, and I don't blame him. Like, he's, he's, he's shouldered a lot of burdens. I think he brought a lot of it on himself, but he's also um, had to do a lot of things. So... I think that has quite with him. I think his game is is not where it needs to be. And I get that he's this honorary member at Oak Hill and all that sort of thing. But, um, and this is funny. Like, So we see a lot of the times, right, uh, and it, it, might, it might come out a day before, or it might come out two days in, that, that a player has, has been a member at this golf course for six years and they play it every single day and there's, there's, there's no reason. Like, It's very obvious they're going to play well. When it's a major championship under major conditions with a different core setup, how long does a golfer need to figure it out? Yeah, not long. And then two, the course two or three looks, days. Yeah, and then the course looks different than it does when you play it. Like, wasn't there the big thing about Ryan Palmer at one of those Texas courses, right? Yeah. And he he sucks there every year. But like, is 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 it actually dis- disadvantage for Rory to see the course for the last six to eight months? Obviously, I think he's probably been maybe even consulted on restoration changes and maybe even played a hand in it but like he's still not going to see it under the conditions that they're going to be played the weather conditions the tees the the rough being cut you know we always see these videos of the rough etc like that all gets changed a day before or a day into it so 
I don't buy into that narrative. And I think that was probably the thing that would lead me to go to him if I believed in that. And other than that, there's there's nothing. So that leaves Rahm and Scheffler and Kepka. Um, I don't think Rahm goes back to back. So if I don't think he's going to win, then I don't want to be on him at 11-4. I was so clear on John Rahm at the Masters. I couldn't couldn't get anyone else out of my head. Uh, and Scotty Scheffler, probably the best of best of the group, but I'm still not that bothered. I'd actually probably rather go balanced or start with Brooks. Yeah, I'm definitely going to start with Brooks. If if I had to play one of the three, it would be Scheffler, in my opinion. I just think he's too steady to not be there in some form or fashion, whether that's finishing in seventh place or you know or being in the final group at the end. But um, I th- I think you can. I kind of think you can skip them. Um, I agree with John Rahm. I love him. He's my favorite player ever. Just, you know, the conviction conviction at the Masters like you had. But I don't see him winning back-to-back majors. It's just too hard. It just doesn't happen. So I'm not going to project and, it to happen. And he's cooled off like a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I, I know that that is 15th and second place is cooling off for John Rahm. But like that, everything doesn't look quite as automatic as it did before. And, and neither should it do. Like the way he's been playing, I don't think you can keep that up. Um I think with Scheffler, I think a couple of things people are going to try and that, that when they talk against Scheffler, they're going to point to the miscut at Southern Hills last year. But he put so much pressure on himself. Like he 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 won the Masters and then was like, Southern Hills is my favourite place on earth. I'd I'd literally dream of playing here every week, etc. That's very hyperbolic. He didn't say those words, but like he 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 loves it. Um, and then set himself up for failure. Really, mm-hmm. is that is that um. I think you can overlook that. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think so too. Um, and so, most people, most people will, right? Like, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, breaking news to people. Like, I think people are going to be high enough on uh, Scheffler, regardless of what people think about last year. But like, is there, a, is there a case that people will go to Ram over Scheffler because of that miscut last year and being worried about it? I don't, I don't think that's why they would do it, but I think they are doing it to an extent. Uh, yeah. I think people are play are gravitating towards Rom more. To me, that's a good leverage spot. I again, I don't see Rom winning. He's good enough to do, you know, anything. He's he's incredibly talented, and he's I, I think he's the best player in the world. So can he do it? Sure, but I just don't think there's any reason to go to him at that price when he's the, also going to be the highest owned of anyone above 10k. Yeah, um, I, I'm looking at the ownership as as you are, and we're looking at kind of 10 or 11 percent for Brits Kepka right now. That feels low. And so, so this was you said it was a tough week for you to pick. It was a very easy week for me to pick. Um, again, I mean, I, I bet DJ at Beth Page when Brooks was there and everything. So like, I, I've been huge on the narrative of these guys playing well in the Northeast, which is something I've always believed, something I've always seen. So I was just praying when they released the um, prices that he would be priced above 10K. I was like, I want him to be the fourth guy. He's the fifth guy because Morikawa is strangely there, but that's fine because. It's tough to click Brooks when you're, you know, someone who underneath you got Shoffley, Cantlay, Fino, who are going to be three of the more po- uh, popular guys on the slate. So I think the price is what's, the, is what's keeping his ownership down. And that's another reason why I'm going to start there. So I think this is a because the, the argument at the moment with Brooks Kepka is like people are admitting that he is likely going to be a real contender in the betting market, but he's now being price like he was when he was a regular player at the PJ Tour, we saw all his stats, etc. And people think there's potentially an overreaction in the odds market right now. Um, and, and I do agree with that sentiment to an extent. 
but I also very much think he can win. Like I think it's always been a case of health with Brooks Kepka. Um, I don't think the motivations ever wavered, even going to live. I think he was, I think he was genuinely fearful for his career in terms of his injuries, and then made that decision. Uh, he's now, you could see it, like people like literally almost laughed at him for getting emotional in Jeddah last year when he won um, on Live, but he he did because he he felt like he'd made a breakthrough, and then he wins in Orlando, then he contends at Augusta, and I think probably basically a lot of the the problem was the slow play um, with Cantlay in front of him. I think a lot of the problem was. Um, you know, not being in that heat of the battle for a long time. Like, and, and people forget as well. Like he, he did throw what Harding Park and Kiowa, uh, yeah. and Kiowa away as well. Yeah, he maybe, did. Maybe, maybe not so much Harding Park. Definitely Kiowa. Yeah, that, that's a concern for me. I mean, I think he's going to be there on Sunday, but I do have a concern back nine if he's going to be able to pounce like he used to in 2019. Yeah. But, I, th- I think he's fine, and I, and I think that at ten percent you're getting a very likely winner, um, and I think that's that's really what you got to focus on. I understand that Shoffle and Cantley are there, and and I get it. So let's dive into them. I basically don't think Xander Shoffle can win this twelve tournament. Um, he was another one. I think if anyone makes a case for Shoffle, Cantley, or Finau, I can't argue with it. I think that to me. There's very little reason to go against any single one of them, other than the fact that they all have their um, problems in contention. They have the kind of knocks against them. They don't do it in the very biggest events. I just think that Xander Shoffley is still going to struggle with that when it comes to a major championship. Um, I think he's, he struggled with it in far lesser tournaments than than this. And to me, doing it and seeing Patrick Cantlay contend as a major makes way more sense to me than Xander Shoffley. So if Xander Shoffley is 9-9 and Patrick Cantlay is 9-7, I'm going to go to Cantlay because I believe they've probably both got slightly limited... Uh, well, no, I don't in Cantlay. I think he's definitely very capable of winning and I think he's overdue a win. But I think Xander's got the limited winning upside. Um, maybe Shoffley is safer, I think, is, is one thing. I don't, for DraftKings, maybe. I, I agree with what you said completely. I think Shoffley has the higher floor. Cantlay has the higher ceiling. Um that's a, that was that that is a 10 second summary of what I just waffled on uh, to to kind of you know think that was the best way to do it. Cantley has the higher ceiling. I think Cantley can win, and I think this notion that he can't win major championships getting contention, people forget because of all the commotion of Tiger Woods winning in 2019 Masters that he was 12 under and leading the tournament at the 15th pole or just going into the 16th. Like he could have very easily won that, and he was third behind Brooks at Beth Page. So. Um, he, he can he can win a major and he he will win a major I mean I think he's the fourth best player in the world um and I have picked him at the last few majors and he hasn't come through but I, I I've liked how he's played I think he's it's just only a matter of time for him whereas Shoffley, I'm not convinced that it's only a matter of time um I, I Shoff- think Shoffley can go his whole career without winning a major he could yeah absolutely yeah. he could um but Cantley I, I like Cantley better too um I don't know if I'll play him just because of the way I'm gonna construct my lineups but I probably will a little bit. And he feels like a he feels like a good play to me, and I like Cantley. He's really popular this week, and I understand why. I think he's going to win the U.S. Open. Actually, uh, I like LACC for him a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if I want to go there, but I get the popularity, and I, I would rather play him than Xander. Is there any way of putting both of them in? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I think there are some events where you can't skip the top three. Yeah. Um, this event, I think you can. Because I think you do like, you know, there's there's a scenario where at the 
Byron Nelson, you could play Scotty and he could finish in 15th and you could still, he could still be in the optimal lineup because a random guy wins. Yeah. So, so this week, I don't think you can play Scotty or Ram if you don't think they're going to win because I think the winner is going to be someone who's popular and someone expensive. So, yeah. um, so if you don't, sense. yeah. So if you don't think they're going to win, then you shouldn't play them. And I think you can start Xander, Xander Cantley. And I think a lot of people will start Xander Cantley. Yeah. Um, what do you make of like is Fee now in that same discussion as those two? Yeah, yeah, I think exactly the same. Like those three of the guys, I think are most people are going to be going to most often. Spieth basically like can't win this event. Like as far as I know, he's literally questionable as he even starts on Thursday. Yeah, I've just seen an injury report to say that he played one of nine planned holes with John Rahm and pulled out today. That could be completely precautionary. We see it all the time, and there's always this tagline of beware of the injured golfer, but he missed his, you know, the, the event he's always committed to at the Byron Nelson. He then can't practice. And also, forgetting all of that, he's then got to go and get over the mental hurdle of completing the Grand Slam at a tournament that doesn't necessarily suit his game um, because he's not an elite iron player from from long distance. So, um, speed's a very easy line for I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are good risk and bad risk. This just seems like an unnecessary risk. I don't know what would be the purpose of taking I, it. I, I don't think there's upside. Like, I think it, no. it's, it's just contrarian, isn't it, at this point? like He's he's 6% owned or 5% owned for a reason, probably going to be less when more of that news comes out. Um, JT. I, I initially looked at, like, I feel like I've got to play JT because it's a PGA Championship and he's trending in direction and it's all going to come good when he finds a putting stroke. I don't believe that anymore. I think I think he's a little bit broken. I don't think you can just rely on his putting just getting better for one week. That's something you do with Gary Woodland at whatever price he's going to be. You don't do that with Justin Thomas. I agree. And I think I, I, I've had some people try to talk me into JT this week, and I'm a huge JT guy. I mean, um, but it's not just that I think there's something off of them, but I do think there is something off of them. But I think it's, this doesn't feel like the right golf course for me. I mean, so, I mean, Southern Hills was tough, but it was tough for different reasons. And it was tough for the reasons why he excels usually, right? And I, I don't know if you can get away with the things that he typically needs to get away with here. No, I don't. And I just don't picture him as this guy that's going to tough it out in cold conditions in, in New York. I know he's he's actually had some decent starts in the Northeast, I think, but nothing, you know, too major. And, yeah, it's, it's just not for me. Um Cam Smith, what are we doing about him? I'm out on Cam Smith, too. I just don't think this is a good golf course at all for him. Cam Smith and Cam Young, double out? I, I I wanted to be in Cam Young forever, but, I mean, one, the popularity drove me away, and two, his recent form has fallen off. But his, his, his ownership is now at a point where I, I'm tempted by it. Like, if he's just 8%, 9%, and, okay, it didn't work at Wells Fargo or Heritage, really, but... Still finished seventh. I think that this is how I kind of summed it up the other day. It was like he was performing really high. Like if he had not performed highly in majors last year, but had all those good performances on regular PGA events, and then finishes seventh at the Masters, you think he's trending towards a major win. When he's had the second, third, and whatever finishes had in the majors last year, and then finishes seventh at the Masters, he's almost he's almost a victim of his own success. And yeah. There's nothing really about Cam Young at the moment that makes me think he's more likely to win than he was this time last year. And he's now 9-2 and whatever he is, 25, 28-1 in the betting market. Like, 
from that perspective, no. But just because the ownership's getting to the right number, I think it's a, fundamentally it's a good golf course for Cam Young and a good place, a good part of the country as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I liked him for a long time. Looking back, I was hoping that I would look at last year as like the two majors he contended in and see that he played poorly in those two, but that's not the case. He played no. well in the no. lead up. What, why, why is Sung JM so much higher owned than Hovland and Cam Young projected? Everybody loves Sung Jae. I mean, everybody wants to play him all the time. I don't think he has winning upside whatsoever. Like he's got to be perfect. Yeah, he, he has to be perfect. Like yes, you can take people that are not the longest off the tee and more accurate. Um, I absolutely subscribe to that notion. I'm going to do it later on in in the odds. Uh, that lower down the um, sorry, lower down the price ranges. But I don't want to be messing around with um, you know non course fits at nine thousand. And I know he's I know he's just one in Korea, but like, is he still playing the same? Like he he basically let me down um, that in the past, and maybe I'm still a little bit sort of put out by that. And he's been seven and eight since. I guess his form is better than I'm than I'm giving him credit for, but I just don't see this as a as an event for him. And he's 17th his best finish in the PGA, 22nd his best finish in the in the U.S. Open. Is this is a hybrid of the two? Like outside of the Masters, he's not been great in in majors, considering how good he is as a golfer. The way I think of it, it looks like he's one of the most popular bets this week, and I don't think he can win the tournament. I really don't. I don't. Uh, I just don't. So I'm not going to play him. And it seems like I like nobody so far because I'm not playing Smith. Probably not playing Young. I'm not playing Victor. I have no interest in Victor, and I usually do, but it doesn't seem right at all for him. Well, uh, I love Victor. Do you? I, I absolutely love Victor. I do not understand why Victor is lower owned than Sung JM. Victor is, he's been in the final group of St. Andrews, been the penultimate group of the Masters, his last two majors. His major record is wildly underrated. Mm-hmm. Four for four for made cuts in the Masters. He's been the low amateur and tied seventh this year. Three for three for made cuts in the PGA. He started with a, I think he was inside the top five after round one at Kiowa Island. He's only two for four at the US Open, but he was tied 12th at Pebble as a low amateur and tied 13th in 2020. And then he's finished 12th and 4th in two starts at the Open. It's, yeah. It, it's ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous form. His driving's excellent. I understand the concerns about the around the green. I, I, I really do. I get that. And I get the fact that even when he's been in the, in the hunt, he has fallen away. And that's probably the sticking point, I guess, for you. But, like... I just think he like how how do you not learn from the two major experiences that he's had? Like we saw Fitzpatrick go from throwing away Southern Hills to winning at Brookline. Well, okay, we didn't see that in the sense of like he threw away St Andrews and then won the Masters, but he's had two decent opportunities in the last two majors, and I don't see why he can't carry that on. Yeah, for me, it's not the thing that he goes away at the end because I I like you believe he will eventually get it get it done when he's in the mix it's not that it's one he's fought his form's fallen off and two both of those events that he contended in at the open at st andrews and the masters this year he did a lot of it with the putter at the masters he gained four strokes putting um let me see at the open he was he gained 4.2 strokes putting um when you look at his passing in general, like that's not—I know it's not always sustainable, but it's not like it—it's not like it's unusual for him. Like he's a decent putter. He's his real problem. If he was really having spike weeks around the green, which he did to a certain extent 
um, where he was at least positive at the Masters, which is unusual for him. But I just look at, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't lost strokes off the tee, and he's gained strokes in every every tournament since the start of 2023. You go back to the DP World Tour Championship, which is basically irrelevant to this. Uh, for the last time he lost strokes off the tee, and his irons are great. His irons were still great at the Heritage. They weren't great at Quail Hollow, but I think everyone has to have a bad event. You know, and that was probably his. He also did lose uh, nearly, you know, two on putting on average um, at the Heritage. So, to me, I, I just think the way he's been playing so well in majors is is phenomenal. And yes, this has been his weakest major so far, but um, I just really like the driving course fit for him. Yeah, I mean that's great. Uh, all those things I, I agree with. Uh, and I do, I mean, Northeast, he hasn't done much. Um, he hasn't played all that much. He has 18th of the Northern Trust. But yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with your assessment that he should be higher on than Sung JM. I completely. Um, I, I get the hesitancy with betting him because um, there there are concerns. But like, when I looked at the value around that thing, like, do I see... Obviously, I see Patrick Cantley more likely to win than him. That's why I've been about a shorter number. But like, I don't necessarily see Xander, Finau, JT, Morikawa, Sungjae, anyone like that having a better chance of victory. In fact, I put him above all of those. I would too. I, I think he's going to win at Hoylake. Um, I think it's a good spot for him. Uh, and I've always thought of him as like a, a mini Rory, so that makes sense too. Another, uh, another guy that I think could play well at LACC as well. I, I think we could end up finishing the year where he finishes 7th, 10th, eighth and fifth in the majors yeah. this year like almost like a ricky fowler type season yeah i completely agree so yeah i get you're you're convinced me a little bit um i just like a lot of the guys right beneath so yeah and that's that's where you've got to make a decision that may be why he's slightly you know lower ownership that he is because you can do some more things with some jay uh, you know a couple hundred dollars cheaper and things like that um so we've got Jason Day eight nine dustin johnson eight eight max homer eight seven we'll talk about that trio first are you in on all three, two of the three, one of the three. You know, I'm not in on Max. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, I am in on on DJ for sure. He's lower on than I thought too at 8,800. He's looking 11, 12%, which is perfect for me. If I start Brooks, DJ, which are two of the guys who I think, you know, are most likely to win the event in my opinion, um, and they're both 10 to 12%, I can do whatever I want for the rest of my lineup. And I could, you know, they battled it out at Bethpage. I, I was on DJ that week, um, and Brooks edged them out. But this course reminds me of that. Um, both were good at winged foot, um, you know, so I I can see that happening. That's the what I see happening in my head. So I'm definitely playing DJ. I love, love the ownership, love the price. Out on Homa, um, and I'm in on Day, too. I like Day. Um, give me your thoughts on DJ, then we'll talk about Day. I just don't – I don't have enough bank of recent memory on DJ to think that he's suddenly going to win one would be my, my thing. So I think – Yes, he can take the confidence and form from last week and finish 15th, 20th, but he doesn't strike. Like, whereas I think Brooks is a real live runner to win, I don't think DJ is at the moment. I think yeah. I think his major problems were already starting before he moved to Viv. Like, I know he, like he, I think he finished like 14th and 15th in the two majors before going to live, right? Like, he, he finished okay at St. Andrews, as far as I remember. He was like right in the mix for, for a decent period of time. So he was sick. I think he was already at live at that point. Yeah, no, he'd got, he'd already, sorry, he'd already gone to live at that point. He was sixth. 24th at the US Open he was, but he missed the cut of the PGA. So I think it was the PGA where he was, was at the first major he played where he, he'd moved to live, and then he finished 24th at the US Open. But even before that, like he'd missed the Masters cut after winning, which makes sense. He was defending champion. Missed the cut of the PGA in 21, 
19th in the US Open, 8th in the Open Championship, like that. Just by his own lofty standards, that was slightly disappointing. And then 12th, miscut 24th, 6th, 48th. Like, I'd have liked to have seen a little bit more from him um, at Augusta this year to, to really feel confident about him. Having said all that, like, if, if he just down tools at the start of the season and suddenly he's, you know, got back going again and is ready to rock and roll, then then these next three majors could be a real thing for him. And it might be eight, eight is the lowest we see Dustin for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, I put out a rankings a couple, like a month ago and I had DJ at fifth and everyone said, this is crazy. I said, check back in two months and people are going to say fifth is too high. And, that, and that's what I, I believe. I still believe he's, you know, in the back end of his prime. Um, do, do you still think he's the guy? Like, do you still think he's due another couple of majors? Yeah, I do. Because he, cause he, he won them later than you'd have liked him to. But when, yep. when, when we talk about Cantley not winning one yet, we talk about Homer never contending for one, we talk about um, Xander potentially never winning one. Like, it took DJ a long time for, for the player that he was, right? So. Was he 33 then, in 2016? Yeah. 32, 32. Right. But yeah. he had, like, he'd had, like, so many near misses already, hadn't he? And that, that was a concern. Like, he'd had the Open Championship, he'd had the US Open couple of times so yeah I'd, I don't know I, I think he's like this is the kind of thing for me is that like other than Brooks I think it's uh, a viewing uh, event for me in terms of live golfers in the sense that if, if suddenly DJ Reed, Neiman, Cameron Smith finished inside the top 15 again this week at, at the PGA Championship then I think you have to just look at them as what they were before uh, from here on out like I think that's Whereas at the moment, I'm not keen. I'm not too sure on that because I think Augusta was just his own entity. You want to give him one more? Yeah. Yep, I, 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 I want to see it once more. And then I guess, but then but then you could you could say that and then go, oh, well, it was a Northeast major and he's great at those and it's not going to happen again. Like it, there's always going to be a negative you can put in there. But what I do like about DJ is the sense that you are still, if you truly believe he's still elite, you can start your uh, lineups, Brooks, Cantley, DJ. Mm-hmm. And I might do that a couple of times. Like, uh, like I love Cantlay. He's, he's the higher owned one out of those guys. But if you can take the low ownership on DJ and Kipka, you can start taking these these high owned guys in the sevens that I'm going to like. It does leave me precariously with taking someone from the mid sixes, uh, which I don't love this week, as we'll get into. But I don't think that's a bad start at all, Kepka, DJ Cantlay. No, I don't either. And um, for me, I mean, I, I would, might rather do... Kepka DJ Day. Uh, I like Day a lot. I think um, is he going to win? I'm not sure, but there's a, a lot of guys who I would say they won last week. I'm not going to, and I see it all the time. I never go back to the winner and back to back weeks. He's one of the few guys on tour that I like better because he won last week. Because I think the physical tools are there, and I think he finally got over a mental hurdle. Well, now he was the former number one player in the world. He used to reel off wins and in, in bunches, and I think now that he got over that mental hurdle there might be confidence back that he could do it again. If you were to make rankings today, is he in your top 10 players in the world? Today? Um, oh, that's really tough. He's he's right on the borderline. So he's ninth on data golf. Yeah, 20th, right. 20th in the in official world golf rankings, he's ninth in data golf. Uh, when you look at it, going back to the, the very start of the season, 18th, 7th, 5th, 9th, 10th, 19th, 5th, 39th, missed cut, and then win. And yep. and the 39th at the Masters was about as bad as he could have done. Like, he was actually 
way higher up in the leaderboard, wasn't he, before he had his yeah, out. So, so yeah. um, if you truly believe Jason Day is what Jason Day was, an 8,900 is too cheap, like way too cheap. And that's what I think. And I think I think he's a good uh, same amount of chance to win as Xander does. And he's not that high owned at all. Yeah. So like, I, mean, like I thought there'd be is that is that based on the people don't think he's going to win two weeks in a row? That and I think there's just so many there's just so many people people want to play around here. Yeah, I'd feel way more confident in J- in Jason Tate and Dustin Johnson. Yep. yep. I know I know you obviously don't feel that way, but I think you probably feel equally confident in both. But like. Like you've just there is no denying what Jason Day is doing at the moment. Whereas no, there isn't. You can go. What does last week mean for Dustin Johnson? Yeah, and for me it means, and people might disagree, was that he didn't touch a club for three months in the off season because he doesn't care about success on live, and he started the season later, so he was still getting reps at the Masters. He just didn't have enough reps under his belt. He gained four strokes on approach, two strokes off the tee, sucked around the green and putting. To me, that says he didn't have enough reps going into it. So now that he has more. That's the view that I have of it. I think the thing with that is like, should he have cared about the Masters a bit more? <laughs> should he should he have been gearing up for the Masters? I know maybe he's just maybe he's just looking. Well, look, I've won that. I've won the US Open. Let's just focus on the PGA and the Open and have an extra month off. Like, it, he, I don't know what goes through Dustin Johnson's head. I don't or think he, he he thought three or four events was enough, and it and clearly underestimated wasn't. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, that's possible as well. I want to talk about Max Homer, sixth best player in the world in, according to the world rankings. I don't know that I necessarily think he is the sixth best player in the world. What's what data I, golf say? Let's have a look at data golf. I think I had him at 16 in my rankings. 12th. Okay. So I think it's admirable that he's sixth in the world rankings without ever being good at a major. So that suggests to me that at some point, just talent is going to have to come through, and he's going to have to do what he's get. He's almost going to stumble into success at a major. There's, there's clearly a mental hurdle. There's, there is nothing in his tools that suggests he shouldn't play well at this golf event um, other than the fact he doesn't believe he can do it. And the only time he's ever threatened to finish in the top 10 at a major was at Southern Hills last year when he was 10th going into the final round and finished 13th with a poor final day. Like, mm-hmm. And he was playing well at Augusta until the restart when he got blown off the golf course. I, I think there's going to be so much focus on him for, for the US Open, which I understand, this, I think, plays into his skill set better. Like, he's a great driver of the golf ball. He's tidy around and on the greens. He His approaches are great. He's all round one of the best golfers on tour, which is why he's in the position that he's in. It's whether you think he's riding a strict... Like, we talked about the fact that maybe he was just riding a wave and it was all going to end at the Masters and the Heritage, and then he goes and finishes eighth for quite a while. Like... Yeah. Um, I know it's a good golf course for him, but at 8,700, I just think it's an opportunity to get a truly class player above a guy like Hideki who's injured, above, you know, if people don't believe in Dustin, below a guy that people don't believe in in Dustin, and then only really a little bit more than kind of like Fitzpatrick Burns, the Gala type thing. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, you you think... ultimately just don't think he's going to win major championships. This is simple. Right, like, right. You, do you, but do you think he's fortunate to have won what he's won, or do you think he's just... He's got certain places he wins. Like, he shouldn't have beaten Danny Williams. That's one you can take off. Yeah, yeah. And but, like, he, he, he was so good at Tory Pines. He was so good at Riviera. Like, so good at Quail. TBC Potomac obviously helps with the Northeastern thing or close to. Um, my geography in America is not, not the best. But, like... JB Holmes is good at Quail and, and Riviera, too. 
Yeah. <laughs> no. No, okay. no, 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 but, no. But there is like there is also just a, a fit that people just win the same tournaments or same type of tournaments over and over again and make a career out of that, and that could be Max Homer's legacy. But I, I just think this is the one tournament because if he doesn't do it here, he's still going to be popular for the U.S. Open. Yeah, and I, I agree that he has a better chance at this in the U.S. Open because those things never work out. Yeah, and I don't think he's got any chance in the Open. So yeah. I think this is legitimately the last chance for Homer to win. Okay. Yeah, I'm not completely opposed to him. I just think he's a guy who peaked late, but I don't think he's an elite guy. I think he's he's good. Um, he peaked later in his career, which he's 33 years old now. Um, I, I think it would be. I don't think he's ever going to win a major. And I don't feel like that's even going out on a limb saying that. Um, and I, I I also like the I like the guy surrounding him too. Um, and I love I love Hideki this week. So it made me laugh. We were talking about the injury report for Hideki, and it was like back back ankle chest yep. wrist testicle whatever yeah. like he's brain everything is is questionable but no matter how questionable he's been in terms of health he is still producing the numbers and ultimately i think this is a guy that's going to win a tournament at 50 to 1 because no one knows what his health's like i don't know that it's going to be this one but i don't oppose playing him whatsoever i i love i love hideki this week i and a lot of people think my whole stick this week is the live narrative it really isn't. It's the Northeast narrative. And I picked the two best Northeast major players that I know of. Like, that's j- simple as that. And then you want to say Neiman and Reed in those picks. But Neiman is just a talent play. And Reed is the guy who also has success. He's 100 to 1. So, I, I, you know, so my next favorite guy is Hideki. And I'm, I was waiting for that number to drift maybe to 70. And I would probably bet it because no one's really betting him or talking about him. Um, and he's going to be my first round leader column that's coming up um, tonight. So the only thing I don't, I don't love about... Hideki is you're not getting the ownership discount that you're getting on Spieth for the injury concern. Yeah, but he he so gained did, five strokes in approach last week. So does no one through. believe does no one believe that he's injured? I don't think he is injured because last week he played well. He was good on Sunday. Gained almost six strokes in approach last week. Like Jason said in the betting podcast, like if if he was gen, like he was basically saying how exhausted he was going in Sunday and like injured and all that sort of stuff, and his neck was in serious pain. Like if he truly believed that, you don't play Sunday, do you? you just pull out because he couldn't win. He uh, shot six under on Sunday too. Yeah, and he shoots sixty six. So like, yeah, he's such an enigma. Like, I guess he's a little bit Jason Dayish in that respect. Like you just don't know. And Henrik Stenson used to be a little bit like it. Like you just didn't know when they yeah. were going to be fit, and then when they did, they were just lights out. Here's the thing, I think. Speed, there's no upside. Decky, he's way cheaper. He's 10, 11% isn't crazy high. And he's showed me on last week that he's he's healthy. Um, and here's the Northeast results that I've been looking for. And that's my theme of the week. Uh, maybe it's because I'm from the Northeast. I, I put a lot of <laughs> weight in this. Um, and I've been to a lot of these events uh, that DJ and Brooks and Hideki's played well at. Um, but he was fourth at the International. I was there. Um, sorry, not, not the International. That was... Um, DJ, who was there, who won there, right? But he was fourth at TPC Boston. Yeah. He was 16th at Bethpage Black. He was 15th at Ridgewood in New Jersey. He was 16th at Shinnecock Hills at the U.S. Open. So he's played all these huge Northeast events really, really well. And where was he last year at the, um, I don't know why I wrote the International. He was fourth um, somewhere in the Northeast. Was it the, oh, not the, um, was it the International? The BMW Championship, is it? That's no, 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 the U.S. Open. Um Country, oh, uh, Brooklyn. country club, country Brooklyn, club. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I wrote the internet. That was a live event. I got it mixed up. Yeah, Brooklyn, yeah. the country club. He was fourth. Yeah. So I think for me, it's I just don't know. Like 
I love like I played him in the Masters. I think we probably had this. We maybe had it in reverse at the Masters. I think I probably was making the case that you're making for him at Augusta. Um, I have I just have no opposition to it other than the fact that I'm just going to give the people that are listening the the information I've read and he's injured every single part of his body over the last six months. Um, I think it's a shame. Like if it, if it truly is just health holding him back, it's a real shame because I think we're being robbed of like a prime Hideki at the moment. Um, but I think he's a great pivot off of Hatton who's gaining some momentum. Rightly so. I'm either going to win a fucking billion dollars this week or I'm <laughs> going to completely strike out. I mean, because if I'm going Brooks, DJ, Hideki, like, I mean, talk about low low uh, floor, high ceiling, right? I, all those guys, I mean, I think Brooks is relatively safe, but the other two... Yeah, but they, they, they could literally finish one, two, three in a major, though. Yeah, like, oh, you, you are getting that kind of upside, and I don't... I don't think that this week, but like that is historically speaking what it's been like. But what I like about Hatton is he's kind of become this versatile player of scoring low now. But like, it always used to be like he, he would win a birdie fest on the DP World Tour and then really only tough it out on the PGA Tour and Bay Hill and places like that. And now all of a sudden he's shooting like 64s and 63s at the bar in Nelson and contending. Um, so I love that. The only thing I did like, he's got a couple of top tens in this major, but they're at the easier. Like, was it like Bell Reeve and Bultadrol? I think it was, mm-hmm. um, which put me off a little bit. But then you've got his Shinnecock Hills where he he played well, like tied eight. So he's got it, and uh, like I think he's legitimately playing like a top five player in the world. Yeah, oh, yeah, I um, he is, he is. You can't deny it. The numbers are there. He's in, in it, like you said, he's been the best in the biggest events too. Yeah, like he's just been unbelievable and i think that all these english guys are benefiting from this designated event schedule so he's being forced to play in the pga tour uh every week or every other week sixth in the phoenix open fourth in bay hill second of the players third of the wells fargo fifth of the bar nelson like that's just it's insane like he shouldn't be that good so how how can we play him over fitz who fits as less ownership well so this so this is the biggest question is like i I came into this week thinking it was hats between hatton and, and fleetwood for these guys in this price range and now I think it's Fitz because yeah. old Oak Hill was Fitz at the start of his career. New Oak Hill was Fitz perfectly to this career. Fifth at Southern Hills, win Brookline. His his major record in recent years is superb. His, his master's effort was the best he's put in recent years. So, um, yeah, I, I love Fitz at 8-4. I do too. I mean, he, why is he so He's too cheap. I don't get why he's so cheap. Like, that he, just, just he just won an elevated event. Like, like he wouldn't look out of place at... 9-3. He should be 9-3. And uh, that's the one thing that's kind of holding me back. But, I mean, if you want to play... Would he actually about, be that much lower owned if he was 9-3, do you think? Like, what is he looking at, 13% at, at 8-4? Yeah. What, what would he be if he was 9-3? 10? Yeah, you're right, probably 10. So, so that's, yeah. that says everything you should probably think about it. He's, I think he's really safe play. I mean, he just the way he drives the ball, he's just automatic. He's like a robot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. And then in the, the Northeast success is great. Um, so, yeah, I like him. And then you mentioned Tommy, who's I absolutely love Tommy this week again. I mean, I like him a lot, but it, it's it's been paying off, uh, not with wins, but got the first round leader. But I love Tom. He's playing so well. Yeah, just I just think he's another one. I just think that him Hatton, and Fitzpatrick are benefiting from this kind of steady schedule. I don't like Lowry. I think there's there's fundamentally something wrong with him. And, you know, it's one of those, OK, if he, if he suddenly pops, well, he's going to be OK, but I don't see it. Um, Figala, I'm not so high on this one like I was at the Masters or potentially the Open in in you know the weeks to come. 
So that leaves Sam Burns in the middle, who I was actually kind of tempted by, but I just don't think it's the right type of PGA Championship. I think he needs those lower scoring ones. And then Tom Kim, as far as I know, is withdrawn. Yep. Uh, agree. I'm, I'm not interested in, in them at all. Um, it's To me, it's I'm probably not playing it playing Hatton. I do like to play, and I understand the appeal. I would go to Fitz and Fleetwood instead, and I just can't play all three of them because I'm playing Decky and DJ and Day there. So um, I love Tommy. I think I think he could win. I don't know if I'm crazy or not. but I, he, he can't win. Okay. It, good. I, top, top I don't want to miss out on it. Like, yeah. It, it'll yeah. be like, that's fine. I'm fine with that. And I don't necessarily believe that Hatton wins, which is why I haven't bet him outright. Like, I just think he's that one of those like, really safe eight to tenth uh plays seven k's and we're not going to go through them all otherwise we'll be here all night Corey connors is driving the ball better again which i like joaquin neiman you're going to talk about in terms of course fit and talent wise and then i actually think if someone made a case for taylor moore adam scott keegan bradley justin rose patrick reed i'll be fine with all of them even ricky fowler so i i think this is very this range is very much a personal choice a lot of these like even if i tried to talk you into some of these players you're just not going to do it because they're those kind of polarizing players, but go to Wacky Neiman and try and make the case for him. Uh, yeah, he's he's starting to play better. All his great success are at Bankgrass Greens. You and I talked about this when we both had him at Riviera. Yeah. Um, and how good he's been on Bankgrass. He was he's good in the Northeast. Um, you know, I mixed up the international earlier. That's the course where he um lost in the playoff to DJ, um, at and on Live. So I I part of the reason I think he's struggled on Live two reasons. One, I think he does get he does like to be liked. And he was yeah. always that that young yeah. prodigy. Everyone liked his talent. He was a fun guy to be around, happy-go-lucky guy. And now he didn't expect – I don't think – I think there was a barrier there, whether it was his agent or whatever it may be. I think he didn't expect to be hated at all. I, I also just think he was just waiting for me to come over. Yeah. Like he, he just needed that comfortability factor like that. It's very clear having me to – Aram Anser and Neiman in the same team and Munoz I think was the other one like they they love each other on, on the PGA Tour they love the Spanish speaking culture between all of them and I think they and I think once they've integrated that and been there for three or four more months I think they actually will all come to the fore uh, I like Neiman I, I think he, he makes perfect sense um, driving's great the, the only thing with him is that like I was really high on him last year and I don't know that we've learned anything more about him. Like we, we literally haven't. So no, haven't it, it, it just depends what, what you think on it. Like, I don't think he'd even be that much more expensive last year, even when we did know. So um, it, it's one of those players for me. I think he's a better, uh, better than he is a DraftKings play because I think there's, there's some value in him. He's just such a high ceiling. He was 16th of the Masters. You would take that at this price. Um, do, do you think he, he can win? Yeah, I, I think he can win. Okay. Um, I mean, completely agree. There's just so many question marks where he can win. But like, if he brought his A game and all of a sudden after the first round he had a three shot lead, I think everyone'd be like, "Yeah, we probably should have maybe thought that he could do this." What is he like, Victor Hovland light? Yeah, I, th- I always compared him to Sergio Garcia, young Sergio Garcia. Yeah, which is which makes sense considering their kind of relationship. But yeah, I. I'm so I, I so don't but like I just I was really like we had that Riviera win on him so I was really high on him there and then I was just really getting to really like him and then and it's not even the fact that he made that decision like, I don't care like we've mentioned this a couple of times but like can't see it's just the fact yeah I just don't get I don't get to form an opinion on him anymore like was he going to become more consistent like he was always quite volatile um, but he's got those kind of Donald Ross efforts as well isn't he like the Rocket Mortgage yeah. um, yep. which I which I kind of like so uh, definitely some interest there. 
I think Taylor Moore is one of those people that I think you can chalk in for a, a top 30, top 35 finish. I think that's an interesting play. Um, Adam Scott, I think his his irons are now coming back, which is which is important. Like when you think about Adam Scott, you think his his iron play is is elite, and it just hasn't been. It's been absolutely dog shit for the season, and that's what's held him back. And all of a sudden, he's he's really gained really nicely at the Wells Fargo, and slightly lost at Byron Nelson, but still shot bookend 63s, gaining off the tee in his last um, seven or eight events. So. I think Adam Scott's coming into some kind of form, but for me, it's Justin Rose at 7-7. I think we do this every major. Uh, <laughs> I convinced myself on Sunday that Justin Rose was going to win. Then I turned it to Gary Woodland, but I think between the two of them, I think they're a great fit. Yeah, I don't like either of them. Um, That's so, just... so fucking bizarre to me. Like, I, <laughs> I don't understand it at all. Like, maybe Woodland, like I get, I do not understand how you don't like Justin Rose. Like, you are the alongside me, the person that's backed Justin Rose as much as possible in these major championships. This guy, a winner and a runner-up at Aronimink, Donald Ross in Pennsylvania, wins his one and only major championship, U.S. Open, in Pennsylvania. He so then if, that, if that's not close enough for people, sixth and sixteenth at Plainfield, Donald Ross design in New Jersey, two runner-up finishes, Donald Ross in East Lake. Go back to Pinehurst, number two, 2014 U.S. Open, twelfth. Shinnecock, 2018 US Open, 10th. He's got four top 10 finishes in the PGA Championship, not finished outside the top 29 since 2017, this event. And then you look at the fact that he's doubled the price in the odds board compared to what he was at the Masters. He's won Pebble Beach, finished sixth at the Players, average at the Valspar. Then he was 16th in the Masters, but he was ninth going into the final round. And he was 25th at the Heritage. He was second after the halfway point. Yeah. Like what? Um, what? What has Rose done? I honestly, you need to tell me because I'm gonna lose a lot of money on this guy. <laughs> like, I don't understand why he actually can't win. Is it the off the tee stuff? No, I don't know what it is. I just it's just a gut feel for me. I just, yeah, I'm not, then you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, I know that's fair. I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> you, I love you, Rose. I hope you need to check your gut. I know. Like, what what's going like you probably need to go to the doctors or whatever and just get that looked at because I, I don't understand why you suddenly don't What if this is winged foot? That's what that's what. So I don't think he can keep up on a course like that. He missed the cut there. Um But he wasn't playing that well then, he was he? No, he wasn't. And but he was ninth he was ninth at the PGA three weeks before. Yeah, he's just not—he's not the longest hitter now. So I get like if it completely turns into wing fit. But if it turns into wing fit, a lot of these guys we talked about aren't going to do well. Like, there's probably only five players that can win if it's wing foot. Yeah, I mean, the U—he was good at Pebble Beach U.S. Open, right? Because and the smaller greens, like I like the fact again that just plays into it, like a, the smaller green factor of he's going to like everyone's going to miss some. He's probably going to be the one that misses the least, and I trust him when he's around them. I just. I don't get why people wouldn't be putting him in lineups at seven seven. I think he's one of the better plays. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't dislike him. It's just I like. Yeah, you do. You said you, said you disliked him. You said you can't. You just you, you completely don't understand why I like him. Don't don't backtrack now. He's. I didn't say I don't understand why you like him. Like, I, you I like don't Scott. like him. I like I, don't, I like Scott a little better. Yeah. Um, I think that he's shown sense. shown that higher ceiling approach play lately. I like Neiman better. I just um, which may be tougher to to explain um and i like a couple guys below him better it, it's not that i don't like him I, but he's not going to make my not my not going to make my list what price would you have had to have been for him to make your list seven three 
Yeah, sure. He's gained in eight straight events with his irons. Is he is he on the upswing anymore? Is he is he starting to start his downswing? I don't care. Yeah, that, that's he, it. he was second going into the weekend at his last event. What was that? Heritage. Yeah, I mean, I know I know that it's pretty poor how he finished, and he finished poorly at the at the the Masters, but so did shit ton of other players. I could, I just don't. I, he, yeah. Whatever. No, like, all I know is we're gonna have an interesting uh, conversation next week, whether whether you're right or in, yeah, in, I mean, if, if we're not, because if I'm wrong, I'm not gonna bring it up. I'm gonna bring it up. <laughs> yeah, you can. Like every, <laughs> I, I am so like balls deep in Justin Rose on like all the different bits of content this week that like if he doesn't even make the cut, I'm gonna look like the biggest dumb dumb in the world. But um, I'm, I think I'm writing it down on my notepad that only stays when I come and do the show. So yeah. next time I do the show, I'm gonna say bring up Justin Rose. Yeah, you can do that, and then I'll just cut out the audio or something but um no no, you just gotta take the stack of cash that you made from last (laughs) week and put it up to the thing yeah if it happens um look i like it uh i like the the debate there anyone else remaining in the seven i mean i love gary woodland like i'm actually surprised i knew his ball striking was good um and this is not going to be a surprise to him because everyone's in the same boat but he was 10th in approach 10th in strokes going off the tee 22nd in tee to green 8th in distance 12th in total driving Third in approaches over 200 yard, fifth in 200 to 225, seventh in 250 to 275, which I don't think is massively relevant, 11th in 150 to 175. Apart from the passer, what's holding anyone back on Gary Woodland? Ownership? Don't trust him. Loves these type of events, doesn't he? <laughs> this is, he this does. is another Justin Rose. Like he won at Pebble Beach, top 10 at Brookline last year, back to back top eight finishes in this event, one of them being in. Um, in um, Beth Page Black, where he had the best final round of anyone. Three top 15 finishes this year. Ninth for Riviera, 14th for the Masters, which is best ever finish. 14th for Quail Hollow. Um, it is the putter, but my ownership God. is way too high. Yeah, that, and that's it. Like I, I can, if anyone says to me it's because he's too highly owned, I'm fine. But there's nothing about his skill set at seven one that makes me think you can go off of him. It's because he's the cheap, popular guy that everyone likes. That's going to flame out. That's what that's, it is. There's no rhyme or reason. That's, that's why you got to Justin Rose. Um, but anyway, yeah. uh, mid mid sevens, any more for you? Yeah, I got a couple. Okay. Um, uh, here, the live bot, here he comes. Bryson. I do like Bryson at um, 74. Yeah. Nobody's going to play him. Nobody is going to play him. Um, and I think last week, I like the fact that he now he has Fino's, Fino's old caddy. And his first week with him, he finished seventh and played a lot better. He was kind of in the mix down the stretch. Um it, it would have been a tied fourth if you had regular people making the standings, but um, it's a, supposedly it's a seventh, I guess. But he um, played much better, and he's just his interviews, he seems really positive, really confident. He was much better off the tee. Uh, he's lost a lot of weight. I think he can keep the ball in the fairway more. Um, and his northeast success, you mentioned uh, Ridgewood, Donald Ross design, he won there. Mm. So I, I just think it's a – I don't think he's going to win, but I think he could play. He could, he could play really well. Um, at a low ownership, so I'm going to take a chance on him. I'd rather play Bryson at 3% owned than play Gary Woodland at 13. I thought you were going to say Justin Rose, and I thought we were going to have to throw no. hands at that point. Um, I'm, what I'm about, lower what, on Woodland. What about Gooch and Answer? I'm out on Gooch and Answer. I don't like cool. e- I, I I really dislike Gooch. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I think the form dropped off at the wrong time, and, and also I, I think that there was 
there was all this talk that he was suddenly going to be the guy flying the flag for Liv, and it just doesn't make sense. Like, I don't no. think he was that good before he went to Liv. I think he's, he's actually upped his game of anything going over there, which is a concern. And so yeah. it's weird. Like, he's been so bad for a long time now, but it's not, by the same token, it's not that long ago that he won the Saudi event and uh, played well at the Mayakoba uh, Liv event. So he's too short. He is, but he's played well in in these kind of PGA championships in the past. Yeah, yeah, he has, but he's just not. He's just not. He's not playing well. He, he can't even finish top twenty. On no, that, that's the thing. Like, if you're not playing well enough on live, you're not playing well enough here. Um, um, and, and I, like, I was looking at Gooch to miss the cut bets too, but I, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't enough. It's not big enough. No. Um, I like Henley a bit. Yeah, I mean, people forgot he was just in the U.S. Open. He was kind of. I mean, at, at the Masters, he was in the mix a lot. So yeah. And he was in the mix at Tory Pines, wasn't it? When Ram yep. won. Uh, yeah, that's right. The final pairing, I think. Yeah, I think he, I think he definitely was in with a better chance than what the numbers suggest. Like, where did he actually finish in the US Open? Thirteenth. And I, I think, think he. Fifty-four hole leader, though. I'm pretty sure he was. Let's have a look. Let's just check into that because that would be a significant thought in my mind. So he was the first round leader, type of Ustazen. Second round leader, type of Russell Bland. Russell Bland, Richard Bland, and he was the 54 tied leader with uh, Mackenzie Hughes and Louis Eustazen, and then he kind of capitulated. So you've got that, and then he goes and finishes fourth at the Masters where he really hung on. And when you look at his actual major sort of resume, 11th, 15th, and 4th at the Masters, he's got 16th, 25th, and 13th for the US Open, uh, 12th, 22nd uh, in the PGA as well. The success hasn't been there on these kind of longer golf courses, which is ultimately what put me off. Um, that's a concern, yeah. But he's like, real short off the tee. He is like that. That's the actual concern is that I just don't think he's got enough pop. And unlike Dustin, uh, unlike Justin Rose, who I think can just turn it on and make up for that. But he's still gaining off the tee. Yeah, because he hits every fairway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I can see it for sure. I like a couple guys better. I like I like Patrick Reed a lot. Um, I don't need to go deep into detail. Obviously, he's the Northeast success. He's won at Beth Page Black. He's won at Liberty National. He was fourth at the Masters. I don't know why he's 7,600, and I don't know why he's 100 to one. So, that's the big reason why I bet him and played him. And you know, honest answer: Who was a better chance to win the event, Slung JM or Patrick Reed? Now, this week, I'd probably argue Slung J, but like it wouldn't you be, could, yeah, it wouldn't be spirited. The fact you get to think about it, I mean, yeah. two thousand dollar difference, and one's a hundred to one, and one's thirty to one. I just think he's a short game around here. He's it's a long course for him, but he's been great at long courses. Um, I just think he's he's undervalued, and he's not going to be highly owned, so I'm going to be playing him. He is undervalued, and I think that his record in this part of the country is great. I think he's when you look at those short shorter golfers that pop in these events that they shouldn't do, he's the one, right? Like he he had no right to to win at Tory Pines and things like that. So, um. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it a lot. I like uh, Grillo, Grillo too. He's playing great. Yeah, done, done with that experiment. But yeah. no, I understand it. Um, this will be the week that like Brendan Todd and Denny McCarthy just pop up because it's golf. Um, but I have no actual substance behind either of those. There'll be a couple of them in the top ten, right? Yeah. Um, I, I like Seamus Power a little bit at seven. I like Chris Kirk a little bit at seven. Uh, I don't see why they're they're kind of in the prices with Ben Taylor, Phil Mickelson. Uh, and the like, 
Um, so I thought they were decent. They're short at the actually lower price than Webb Simpson, Davis Riley. Don't get that at all. Um, so actually, 7K, I really like Kirk um, and Power. But then it starts getting messy, I think. Yeah, uh, I don't mind Cooch at 6,900. Um, it's just so long for him, but he's just been playing really well. And I think he can, I don't think he's going to play great, but I think he can finish in 28th. What about Hoagie? I don't know. I'm, I never play Hoagie. I just, I don't know. Tied ninth in the PGA last year. Hmm. PGA last year. Southern Maybe. Hills. Does he ever do anything in the, in the Northeast? I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a spot for him. No, I don't think he is. I think he's very much the other side of the country. But, like, I, I think you're just really struggling for players down here. Um, interestingly enough, Anaban Lahiri is in exceptional form. <laughs> like, he just finishes second every week in different events. I know they're on Live and Asian Tour and Indians or whatever, but he's playing really solidly. And then when you look at the fact he's actually got a fifth-place finish in his major, I thought that was actually quite interesting. I don't think he can do anything here. And I think prototypically... Thomas Peters is a great course fit. Yeah, I mean, on um on Lahiri, real quick, he was in that three-way playoff at the international with DJ and Neiman. And Andy, it's only this time last year or just before that he finished second in the playoffs. Like yeah. I know it's a different type of event, but I think I think Lahiri is a better player than actually he gets credit for. Um, and like because he's just not one of Liv's superstars, he but he's he's higher rated on data golf than he is the world golf rankings that so that's always a good sign i think and just the fact he's got a fifth place finish in the 2015 pga i don't exactly remember where that was but it's not like a course fit but like 30th in the open that same year when he's playing well i think he can get through a cut and, and make an impact on the major so i liked that at least he's he's cheap my only concern here is he was second in adelaide and then at singapore his um he had like a personal issue going on where he lost his mother-in-law and he was i think he i, I was um talking to joy about that who's an indian golf writer who said yeah. he took it really 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 hard and he um since then he hasn't been playing that great well, well that would make sense so he's gone um so going back to september last year second of boston 10th in Jeddah, second in indonesian masters second in the indian event uh second in vietnam international series second adelaide and then 1913 like it's it does make sense but yeah i mean look i, I don't put any real substance in anaban here but i just thought a 68 was an interesting name it is um thomas peters I, I i just get the impression maybe with these this three rounds of 67 that he kind of spoke about as a positive last week in uh tulsa this has got to be a good golf course for thomas peters that we know right should be. I mean, similar vein. I like Burmeister a little bit better. But, but my my argument with Peter is he gained an approach and off the tee pretty well. It was his marginal gain around the greens and just lost a shit ton of strokes on putting at, at Augusta and finished 48th. Like I'd like to have seen where he'd have finished if he putted a little bit better. Yeah, that's uh, true. Let me let me look at last week's stats real quick on him. I'm curious about that. Um, where did he finish? He finished 17th. 17th. Okay, he was tied for 44th in fairways hit, and tied for 32, 32nd greens and reg. So he's not he's not that. He had a hot putter last week. Yeah, that's that's not a good sign then. Yeah. Um, I, I, he concerns me a little too much. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, who were you just about to say? You were just about to say a name there. Uh, 
Burmy. I was going to say Burmy. Yeah. I, I liked how he played at the Open. I know that's a completely different test than this is, um, but he's been playing a little bit better on Live, and I think he just so he hits it so long that he could actually, you know, I could see him finishing the top thirty this week. Yeah, I think Jordan Smith and Moronk are decent. You know, just in the sense that they they drive the ball well. Moronk's obviously a little bit longer than than Smith is, and but actually it's, it's Smith that's got a top nine finish in this major in 2017. So oh, that's wow. of note, but. Brendan Steele's the one for me, 6,600. Me too. I really like Steele. He's the guy who, who I'll definitely be playing. Um, he was a little better last week, but two weeks ago he was he was even better than that. Um, he was tied 28th in fairways last week, tied 18th in greens and reg, um, 13th in birdies. So he's playing he's playing pretty well. Um, and people like Keegan Bradley, we always talk about how I think Steele is a very similar player to Bradley. Uh, no one's going to play him. He's cheap. I think he can put him in lineups and feel all right about it. So Steele was the one when I said about that Kepka DJ Cantley lineup that, yeah. that I, I had to feel good about Steele because it was Kepka, Cantley, DJ, Rose, Woodland, Steele. Yep. That's uh, a like, lot that's a lot of kind of course narrative um ball striking fit in there. Um whereas I, I don't see any of those guys kind of really letting you down. It just depends if you're going to get the spike from DJ Brooks. I, I trust Cantley implicitly to play well. I trust Justin Rose to play well. It's whether Woodland finds a putter still actually turns up. But still has been pretty good in this major. Like, if, have you looked at his PJ championship history? Like, it's ninth last year. Yeah. It, it's like he doesn't do anything in any other major, but this is the one where he's been 19th in 2011, 12th in 2015, 22nd in 2020, and 9th last year. And I like that he's um, good on harder golf courses. He doesn't have to make that many putts. He's long and straight off the tee. I think he's not going to make a, a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I, I really, I really like Brendan Steele. Um, so, of the people I could feel comfortable about in the six Ks, it's him, and that's probably end of list. Another one I like is Varner. I mean, and I never liked Varner, but he, um, he was. I want to say he was third at Bethpage or at um, not Bethpage was it Shinnecock? He's in the was, mix at one of them. Was he third ever? Like, did, did he finish third? I don't know. Maybe it wasn't third. Um, you, you you might know he wasn't. So 23rd of the Masters, 29th for the PGA, 28th for the Open, are his best three major finishes. So where was but, it? So he could have been in the mix in one of those ones. So if we go to, I'm going to say it was the PGA at Harding Park, which means pretty little that he was actually. No, in. it wasn't that. It wasn't that. What was I looking at? Um, I mean, to be but, fair, in, in the PGA, he's gone 36, 29th, 49th, 48th. So he could have been in the mix in any of those at any point. Like he could have been Beth Page in 2019. Let's have a look. So he was he was tied 10th at Beth Page after 36 holes and then climbed into second, 54 holes. That was, that's so, what it was. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so that makes sense. But that was like one and done. I feel like with Harold Varner, like, and that's yeah. that's the story of his career. Like, I, I wouldn't want to hang on that, but at least there's something. Like, if you've got to find something of people on six k and hang your hat on, that's probably it. Eleventh at Liberty National too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't trust him. I'd definitely rather play Steel, but just a guy. I mean, how about how about Thunder Bear? Yeah, I love Olison. Okay. I good. think I think so. I so I've bet him to just be top Danish, which is something you can do in America. I would recommend because the Hoygaard twins have only made 
five major starts between them and they've only made one cut each like mm-hmm. that's not to say that going on along in the future they're not going to do really well because i'm sure they will but Olison first fourth sixth third 16th on the on the dp world tour this season uh he's he's no doubt back and he's actually played i think he can win that bet for me by finishing 30th and he's done that twice in in this event so um yeah i like him he's got two top nines and major championships in the past don't get to twist my arm i love thunder bear so i'll play him i mean um he's only a hundred dollars more than luke donald who i don't actually know why he's here and maybe <laughs> look at some Ryder cup guys um i think that's it like anyone else is really scratching around like if i'm going below brendan Steele at six six then i've probably not done the top of my lineup right um yeah, I, I was looking a little bit at Otegi and Arnolf just because I think they can drive the ball pretty good, but I know that'd be, be definitely pretty good. Don't do Arnolf. Okay. <laughs> you, can, you can do Otegi all you like, but if you do Arnolf, I mean, this is this has been a week he finishes like third or something and, and everyone gets really excited about being on the PJ Tour, but I can't do it. Every yeah. time I think Arnolf is going to be good, he's dog shit. So I'm not going to advise him for anyone. Okay, um, good. I think that's it. I think yeah. we, we, we've pretty much we've gone extensive there. We've we've talked about people in great detail. Um, let's summarise our favourites. So, 10 and above, Brooks Koepka, a few at 10-1? Yes. I think I agree. Like, it, it would be it would be a close second for Scheffler, but I'm pretty sure I agree with Koepka. Um, nines, I'm going with Patrick Cantlay as he's my pick to win, but Hovland comes very close at 9-1 too. Oh, man. I'm going to go... I don't know if I'll be playing them. I like Cantley the best in this range, but I like some. I like too many guys in the upper upper nines. Like I could just say Day at eighty nine hundred. Yeah, no, that's fine. Eight um, K. I think Fitz is the play at eight four. He's a good play. Um, my favorite plays are DJ Hideki and Fleetwood. Yeah, I, I think Fitz is the one for me. Seven, Justin Rose, seven, seven, and Gary Woodland, seven, one. I, I don't understand a world where they don't play at least decently well, um, but they're going to be reasonably well-owned. So I think if, if Henley can suddenly have a really decent driving week, I think he's an interesting option at seven, three. I like a lot of guys in this range too, but Patrick Reed is my favorite. Yep, no, that's all we need. And then 6K is Brendan Steele for me um, at six, six, and I'm guessing Burmy for six, nine for you. No, I I like um, steel. steel better. Yeah, steel. Cool. Um, Matt, good. I think it's a really really tough golf tournament. I think that ultimately you got your message across as to why it was the live golfers, not because you're just trying to pedal live, uh, which is the main thing. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. I always I always say to people like if I was uh, pedaling things for live, then I'm severely underpaid. Um, yeah. Because I'm paid a grand total of zero dollars or pounds. So, and I'd probably watch Liv a little bit, you know, I don't, which I don't at all. So I just like some of the players. And to me, it's more of a, like, hopefully I got the message across. It's a Northeast narrative. And maybe the Northeast narrative is wrong, but that's the North narrative that I'm going with. You, you've got to take a stance. Like yeah. in, in, a, in a major where there's not a lot of course form detail, there's not a great ton of confidence, maybe I think in the top of the board, I think you have to take a stance. And if that's the Northeast narrative, then then great. I think you won't be alone in that. And, and the people that you've picked are... Uh, elite golfers in the day regardless of where they are so um yep good good conversation enjoyed it as ever and we'll be back again next week for colonial colonial we get a nice little stretch here four good weeks in a row is it colonial into the us open 
it's colonial, then um, Canadian. No, no, so Mem- colonial, memorial, memorial Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, and then travelers. Uh, the travelers where everyone's going to skip their uh, designated event uh, criteria and not get there. I'll be there. Pip, will you? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I, I go to there every year. It's a great event, great place to watch golf. So you might be up for the pip by the end of that because there won't be many people be. left. Um, I can show the video. I was on uh, I was on Cantley last year. I'm gonna send it to you. I was on Cantley last year, and you made a putt to take the lead, and you can see me in the background doing like a huge fist pump. <laughs> so, yeah. I love that. Good stuff, Matt. Thank you as everybody, and uh, good luck this week. Uh, let's go, Justin Rose. Mm-hmm.